millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Must Hear Music podcast. My name is Joe Lynch and I am here with three people, Ooh, not just two people. Um Speaking of a little crowded, oh. before I mean, okay, so yeah, let me, Jason, we got Jason Lipschitz here. What's up? Uh, Lindsay Havens. Hello. And Andrew Unterberger. Thanks for saving me a chair, Joe. <laughs> uh, thanks. I just realized, speaking of crowded, I have not one but two chapsticks in my pocket. And <laughs> that's that's speaking of crowded. I realized yeah. that as I started oh introducing the podcast, I was like, why would I have two in my pocket? Like, is one a little low and you just want to be on the safe side? No, I don't you know. probably keep one in a different pocket or something, but now they've no, ended I, up together. I don't know why I have two. It's mm. it's a mystery anyway. That, of that, all the things I thought you were going to say, wasn't that? <laughs> yeah. that? That's two more chapsticks than I've had in my pocket maybe in like 15, 20 years. Ooh, I'm a big Same. chapstick fiend. Yeah. Especially um, now. Must hear yeah. chapstick. Is this time of year? Yeah. You have must chap, no, must lip. No, uh, stop. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Must apply lip balm. There you go. That'll be my separate podcast. Anyways, yes. uh, let's start with... Uh, so we got a couple big albums this week, uh, but Andrew, I wanted you to come on, especially because I know you are a the 1975 stan. Oh, yeah, I do I appreciate being the, the esteemed representative of, for the 1975 tribe in this office. Yes. And yes, uh, I would. I, I feel relatively comfortable calling the 1975 the best band in the world right now. I and mean, it's it, perhaps not. <laughs> not the, just Lindsay just choked a little. Oh bit. wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you know the she White Stripes broke up, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you realize that. <laughs> yeah, the but, twins uh, are getting back together. Jack, <laughs> Jack White's band <laughs> is what she would say. Uh, but in any event, uh, no. Uh, I, I, you know, this, this. So they released their third album today. It's called A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Uh, it is typically. You know, bombastic and long and high concept and beautiful. Uh, it, it is, you know, it, it's 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 genre spanning. There, there's, you know, there, there's incredible uh, synth pop sort of songs. There's incredible ballads. There's incredible uh, you know, post punk exercises and kind of everything in between. There's R and B. There's there's some jazz touches. Uh, and they, you know, they, they're one of the more expansive bands of, of their generation. But the, also, Maddie, uh, Maddie Healy, the front man, is just one of the best songwriters. Uh, it's, uh, I was thinking about it the other day, and it, it's the, the 1975. They sort of strike me as a band that like started out as the Cars and became Radiohead, which is sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if you go back to that first album, and I, I, this has been sort of a, a hill of mine of recent years, that like that, that first their first album's incredible. You know, got got no critical attention and didn't get a lot of play fans, in the U.S. It, got a, it garnered them a lot of fans. Garnered them a lot yeah. of fans, uh, uh, and it took a while, I guess, for the you know they got a lot of young fans. It took a while for the adults to kind of catch on. 
But that that first album's like a greatest hits, and if you told me like that's all they ever did, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, one one dynamite album, they just kind of you know try to recreate it from there. But instead, they've just gotten better and better. Uh, I don't know whether or not I would want to call this my my favorite nineteen seventy five album yet because the first two albums are both great in their own way. But uh, it, it's it certainly lives up, and even though the hype's been pretty deafening, like it's this album just brought me so much joy listening to it last night and this morning on the way to the office. Uh, it's just just incredible and. The song that I picked for us to talk about uh, is called Be My Mistake. And I, I wouldn't call it necessarily one of my favorite songs on the album, uh, even though you know the five of the tracks have already been out there, and I think those are probably five of the strongest songs on the album. Uh, but this one kind of shows a different side of them because it, it is a ballad, and it's sort of like a singer-songwriter type ballad, which they haven't done a lot of. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of their ballads tend to be kind of of like the the alt R and B sort of variety. This one is just, it's just Maddie and a guitar and some kind of twinkles in the background, uh, and it, it's it's a it's a pretty new look for them. But I think it's great. I mean, it, it's it's very close. It's only like a couple tweaks away from being like a treacly Ed Sheeran kind of wedding song. Yep. <laughs> but those tweaks really make all the difference because it's a really like self loathing and brutal kind of song, and it's it's a, you know it's called Be My Mistake, and it's basically inviting you know. I don't know if it's a fan or so some someone like kind of like a hanger on to to basically have a one night stand with him, but it, it, it's it's very purposefully unromantic and like the like, the closest thing to a romantic line in the song is, the, is something like uh, you know the smell of your hair reminds me of her feet. Talk, wrote that, yeah. wrote that down. Yeah, <laughs> that line is incredible. Yeah, and it's like what I went on. I went on. I went on. I went on Genius solely to see what it said about that line, and it, I clicked on it, and it, the annotation starts in the Bible. Wow. And I was just like, oh, okay, all right. Getting this biblical with Maddie Healy. Well, Wait, then, like what? Like washing feet with hair? Or yeah, something like that? it was something yeah. along those lines. I'm the wrong person on ask. that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a stretch. N- nonetheless, uh, like that's the kind of song it is, where it's like anything that sounds like a come on is basically just like him talking about like what, like what a shitty and unreliable person he is and how guilty he feels about <laughs> cheating on his girlfriend who's a very like pronounced presence even though unseen in the song and it, it's a very economical song it, it does a lot of saying less with uh, saying more with less rather mm-hmm. uh, and it almost kind of sounds like a country song in that way to me just the way that like the, the small phrases like that kind of suggest entire universes of, of hurt and longing and emotion and uh yeah i, I think it, it's it's not the first song anyone will point to when talking about what this album does well i don't think but it sort of illustrates just the kind of the scope of, of, of their talents and, and, and Matty Healy specifically. And I think it's awesome. What, what do you, how do you guys feel about this song? And if you've gotten the chance to listen to maybe the entire album? I have not listened to the entire album. I started shorter than the last one. At, it is shorter than the last yeah. one, uh, thankfully. I mean, the last one's great, thankfully. but it was very long. <laughs> uh, I, I started listening to it last night, but then I got tired. Uh, I feel it, but I was listening to it, I feel like, in like the perfect mindset, which was okay. like buzzed from a couple drinks, like in bed, like, dozing off to sleep like that seems like the way this should be listened to when it's i was listening to it like hour, sure. in the harsh light of this morning uh <laughs> a couple of the songs like i was like like the one what's, what's it called uh it's the story song uh oh, the, the, man the, the man who married, married a robot, robot which is a bit speaking of radiohead a bit like <laughs> fitter happier yeah. on okay computer exactly. it, definitely uh, like you know li- listen it, it makes some savvy points uh about you know technology addiction and what was that movie her with uh sure. it's sort of like that about that movie um, love that movie but it's it's just it's so it's too pretentious like it's just it it follows the borderline and then it just like goes all the way in. yeah it's I, too I'm, preachy I'm writing something to, to this effect about the about some parts of this album later but uh, my my theory is that that song was put on the album. Just so the enemy would have no choice but to compare the album to OK Computer. <laughs> like, come on, we gave you guys a fitter that's, happier. That's like, fair. it's fucking OK yeah. Computer. Just say it's OK Computer. Yeah, just say it's our OK Computer, please. And it worked. They did. So, uh, no, but that being said, like this, the song you picked, "Be My My Mistake," is lovely. 
Um, one thing I think kind of the Ed Sheeran comparison is great, but what it does, uh, and you, what you're saying is so true, like it, it, uh, it like avoids the kind of like generic MOR pitfall because uh, while he has this very simple like guitar strumming going, uh, there's this like plinking piano in the background, but they're pl- it's playing totally against the melody of the yeah, guitar. It's so tense, yeah. it's yeah. not like supporting the melody; it's playing against it. And it's those kind of touches that like make this just that make them stand out really from their contemporaries. Like they're just a more interesting band. Like you know, they there's so much going on here. There's ambient stuff. There's R and B. There's dance music. There's rock, of course. There's you know your strummy weepers. Uh, love those strummy weepers. Gotta uh, love the strummy yeah. weepers. My favorite band, the strummy <laughs> weepers. Wow. Um, oh, you you like my band from high school? Yeah, yeah, big fan. We were, we were not bad, uh, but no, it's is I really yeah I think it's super intriguing. I I for me like the jury's still out on like what do I think of it critically, but mm-hmm. like I really enjoy it. So I mean I guess that means I'll probably like it. You're so open. from yeah. the critical perspective. <laughs> I feel like I need to sit with it. There's you know the, with their yeah, albums there's just a, a lot bit, going on. L- l- yeah. A little bit uh, you know in the, in the daytime hours of a exactly couple, <laughs> a couple fewer drinks in perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I just want to I I don't really have much to add to you know we have a very similar opinion of the 1975 Andrew and I I love this band I love this album and uh, the the one thing I'll say is I I love listening to this song after uh, on the sequencing after Love It If We Made mm. It because. That song is so much of everything and this huge kind of like anthem uh, for 2018. And then this is almost like an exhausted coda. And I really enjoy how that that's put together on the album. The the one other thing I'll say is that like obviously people are reading a lot about this album this week uh, and a lot about the 1975. And I, I. I would implore anyone who's just like who's just fig- like discovering the 1975 just like listen to this listen to the 2016 album I like it when you sleep because that was my favorite album of last year uh, of that year it that is I, I mean I think that this is also an amazing record but I think that like the leap from record one to two uh was just so staggering and I I after I listened to this one this morning I started listening to my favorite songs from I like it when you mm. sleep and like Ugg is just like still <laughs> just an incredible pop song and the sound and it, it's just like there there are it, it's one of the I, I think one of the best records of the decade and I just hope people I know I'm, Lindsay's <laughs> eyes are widening but I really do I think I it was the best album of that year uh, and it's up there. I would just say, like, if you if you are just listening, if you're listening to this podcast and are just kind of poking around this new 1975 album, like, go back to the last one too. I mean, go back to the first one. Yeah, your must-hear recommendation yeah. for 2018 is something <laughs> came out. Yeah, yeah, I totally am. Right. I mean, I just hope because it, it really does feel like comp- <laughs> no one's sleeping on this new record, and whereas I think that some people might have slept on yeah, that. Yeah, and then there's like a, a little bit of that kind of overcorrective. Like, like I, I, I was comparing this to, uh, at least in terms of the media response to, to Oasis's Be Here Now, where uh, yep. like, mm. it's a little little flashback here, but like in the 90s, obviously, uh, Oasis, uh, their, their, their first two albums were very, very like uh, commercially successful in the UK and a little bit so over here as well. But uh, the critics didn't really get on on the second album, What's Story Morning Glory. It, it kind of got panned in, in, in the moment. And so when Be Here Now came out, everyone went out of their way to just like keep as much praise on it as possible because no one wanted to be caught, you know, kind of with their pants down mm-hmm. again. And then the album turned out to really maybe not be so great. But I think this yeah. album, like I, just from the songs that were out before its release, it was pretty clear this album's going to be better than Be Here Now. Yeah. And I, I'd say the rest of us lived up to it too. So Lindsay, I think you, you just messaged me saying this 1975 song, holy shit. So you want to you expand on that a little bit? Yes, um, I I love this song. But so let me start by saying I'm not I'm not a fan. But 
that's more just because of my own like ignorance of them. I've sort of just passed them up for the past few years. I think it's it really dates back to when I first heard Chocolate in a car in college. And I hated that song. The lyrics and, of that song are a little low. Uh, and I, I love oh, yeah, when I first heard that, I was I like, I love oh, that song. I, I love it. chocolate. Like, I, I but then I saw you, them live, and I changed my mind on them. Love that song. Yeah, I, I, I think I just haven't had that moment yet where I've like given them another chance. Like I remember that moment vividly because I really did not like that song. Um, and ever since, I was like, oh, that's the kind of music they make. That's the kind of band they are. And I mean, judging by everything I'm hearing, and have heard, that's not the case at all. Um, so I think that it's time for me to give them another shot Ooh. and go back a little bit. A try, this yeah. song really, really surprised me, just okay. considering that I haven't really listened to them. Um, it's pretty different from what I would have expected, and it sounds like it's an outlier on the album, too. Um, it's, it's an outlier, but it, 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 it's connected. Like mm-hmm. there, There's other songs on it that, that kind of touch on some similar things. Yeah, I just I thought this was beautiful. I love, because I like the fact that it's a ballad, but the lyrics are so far from anything ballad-esque. Um, so that contrast was really appealing to me. But, yeah, I think it's time for me to consider the 1975. <laughs> wow. J- Jason says uh, maybe go to the second album, maybe go to the first album. I say just go to their uh, Spotify artist page, hit play. All right. Just, just yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, you'll, you'll not be disappointed. I, I think we, ha- we have to mention there's a, a self-titled song on this album. It starts with a self-titled uh, song. So, so the, the last yeah, one. That, 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 there's a version of that song that starts every one of their albums, but it, it's always uh, like different music but the same words, and it's like a minute long, and uh, mm-hmm. it just kind of kind of ramps up to whatever the, the first single of the album is, which is usually the second track. Yep. Right. But, I mean, that's that's like, I think that kind of like speaks to their thing. Like that's In one sense, it's like sort of silly, but oh, it's yeah. also like... It's a cool idea, actually, and like it's a cool through line. They're very self-aware. Like they they understand how they're being perceived and and what kind of you know what kind of poses they need yeah. to strike. Now, I've said this about them before, but it's the difference between being self-aware and being self-conscious. They are self-aware, yeah. but they're not self-conscious, and right. that's what most of the great like pop acts are like. Yeah. Because you 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 mm-hmm. have to know how people are perceiving you but you have to kind of not care about it right yep. and well they, yeah i mean this, there's that. a song title sincere excuse me <laughs> sincerity is scary too true uh which no which <laughs> is very true and i think that is like one of their strengths is that they're able to kind of uh you know be sincere but without being mawkish because they are like pretty self-aware of where they are talented group of gentlemen they really are no they're great uh and I also love the song title, I Like America, and America Likes Me. Increasingly true. Uh, number one album last time around. We'll, we'll see if, uh, if they can get it this time. they, they got some competition. They sure do have some competition, we'll which we'll get early, to yeah. in a second. Uh, Teaser. But ooh, anyways. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's unless, does, did anyone want to, are we 1975'd out? No, it was a good, that was it was a good, a good discussion. chat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, well, let's do it. So the song which I already forgot the title, is Be My Mistake. It's <laughs> yep. from the 1975 from the new album, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Be my mistake And turn out the light She bought me those jeans The ones you like Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, that was new, the 1975. Very quickly before we move on, I'm just like 30 seconds. You th- So you think they're the best rock band in the world, just band in the world? Yeah, just, I mean, if you want to call them a rock band, you don't, that's fine. Lindsay hot, blanched at that idea. <laughs> I would I would agree. I think that I I, I think that they they've definitely earned Just that. Joe, what do you think? Me. I feel like no, but then when I'm thinking what is the best rock band, I'm coming up blank. So, well, let me let me come back to that. Imagine Dragons. <laughs> I mean, one I know you're the Lumineers. They they get a tough like Andrew. Like yeah, I think Imagine Dragons have a good claim to that yeah. crown. But like no, I mean they're not also not my favorite. So we talked about Paramore before maybe being in that discussion. So Paramore. like at this, in 2018 though, like no, that's not like maybe when their self titled mm-hmm. came out, they could like claim to that. I don't know. Arc- I mean, it's just Arcade you know, Fire. rock isn't like you know the biggest thing right now. That's true. And uh, and I think it's for I mean I guess what it comes down to is like also my favorite rock bands are not the ones where you would start saying like are they the biggest rock band in the world like mm-hmm. I think the good rock coming out is the like more DI the stuff playing like DIY venues like yeah it's not the people like making inroads yeah. on also radio. a lot of uh, a lot of solo artists you know Mitski Saint Vincent right yeah you know, and that's Rocksteady, very true you know, like it's it's uh, right it's, it's become more, more it's, it's shifted further and further away from the the band and I think that's one of the things that makes the 1975 interesting is that they had like even even though you know Maddie's very clearly a mouthpiece and he's the one who does all the interviews and stuff they've been very very like focused in, in making sure that that every like the spotlight still kept on the on the band as, totally. as a unit and, and you know he hasn't done anything outside of them and you know it's it's uh yeah. I think he sees the importance in kind of that band construct I would agree all right cool well let's do uh the album which will probably uh beat them for number one on the billboard 200 if i was a betting man uh so we have which i'm not so uh, i'm not gonna put down a wager so don't don't try to win any money off of me Lindsay. all right you card you shark me. um all right so yeah new me uh, new meek mill album uh championships this is his it's being called a comeback which sort of seems like a weird you know it's like yeah. in a way like he didn't he doesn't he needs a comeback in the sense that he's been out of the public eye simply because of his legal problems it's not like he had like a huge commercial failure mm-hmm. that he like needs to bounce back from i feel like he, he definitely released an album within the last two years i don't know i can't remember if it was last year or the year before but there there have been meek mill albums or yeah but maybe they, i don't know if they were referred to specifically as albums or wins and losses wins was and losses. last year and yeah, that was like a proper album right not, yep. like, not like a mixtape so yeah but for whatever reason i guess it fits a narrative a lot of people are like referring to this as his big comeback you know and i think you know this is like the point where like the public opinion has like completely turned in his favor like there's no doubt like everyone's like yeah the guy got a raw deal he's extremely talented and like let's rally behind him and you know sure enough this is you know it's called championships this is an album with uh, a lot of high profile guests um it has a pretty big expansive sound it's just this very like solid assured uh, thing which is you know makes sense where he is in his career but the, the song I wanted to uh, hone in on there's just there's a lot to talk about uh, mm-hmm. it's called What's Free and it features Rick Ross which is his label boss and Jay-Z who he uh, owns obviously Jay-Z owns Rock Nation and he 
uh, is I think has them like Rock Nation does his management. So in a sense, he's kind of working with like two of his bosses on a mm-hmm. track who also happen to be, you know, two MVPs when it comes to guest verses. Uh, the song is super interesting. Like Meek's verse is like really notable because he, you know, addresses his legal issues. Um, but he kind of like turns it. There's just a great verse where he's like, you bring up my name to the judge, you tell them the facts. And then he lists all the good things that he's done instead of, you know, like focusing. Basically, he's like, hey, the facts of my life are I'm like helping people get through college. I'm try- you know, trying to stop violence in the community, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's a like real, like firm, well-worded, like assured statement from him. Uh, but the Jay-Z verse is the one that's getting all the attention. Yeah. Uh, you know, Billboard even gets a shout out. It's not the most positive <laughs> shout out. Woke up to a lot of texts about that. <laughs> um, but the, the the thing, you know, Jay's verse is fantastic. Uh, and I think it's getting misinterpreted, though. I mean, like a lot of people are like, oh, this is a slam on Kanye. Like, right. it, it really isn't at all. Like, he, you know, the, so the verse, just to, to, to read what he says, he's saying, no red hat, don't Michael and Prince me and yay. They separate you when you got Michael and Prince's DNA. Like, like all the headlines are like Jay Z is like biting back against Kanye. Like, what he's actually saying is he's saying, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't do the mega shit, but don't try to like pit us against each other. Basically, like right. we both have the you know same like greatness DNA in us. Like we don't need that. You know, we're not against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are like totally misinterpreting this verse. Uh, but otherwise, like the song itself is super interesting. Uh, it comes from uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s What's Beef, which was a song that's basically like him being like in the 90s, like talking about like people talk about rapper beef. And he's like, that's not what real beef is. What real beef is, um, is, you know, things when you like are worried for your mom's safety and something like this. And this kind of takes it to a different level. And it's saying what's free. But it's talking about, you know, what's freedom is not simply, you know, living in the United States, but it's like having actual freedom from, you know, the prison industrial complex and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, and just before I stop yapping about this, the interesting little fun fact about the strings in this. So the strings come from uh, the B.I.G. song, What's Beef, which sampled um, a soul orchestral version of the Carpenters Close to You. So mm. that's what these strings uh, come from. Wow. So uh, Backrack and David uh, writing credit on this, I guess. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> very nice. So it's a very a weird, circuitous route from the yeah. Carpenters to Meek Mill. <laughs> Long life. And anyway, but what do you guys think about this? What's free, Jay-Z, Meek Mill, Rick Ross, wow. the boss? <laughs> no, keep going. Yeah, keep going, Joe. <laughs> this is the um, lost verse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is less of a song than three verses kind of tied together with a mm-hmm. with some sort of hook. I mean, obviously, Jay-Z sounds great. Um, I think the Rick Ross verse ends on a very clumsy note. I think we could all agree. Um yeah, I mean it's worth it. It's worth the price of admission to hear Jay Z still sound this great and and this kind of dexterous on on the mic. But you know the the song itself. I think there are like more compelling songs on this album um, than just kind of like a a very long showcase for just these verses. Yeah. yeah, we talk about like guest verses a lot um, in terms of like where they're placed within the song, if they're actually a collaboration or just sent in separately. Um, I think what's most interesting about this is I feel like this song is just like giving Jay-Z's verse a home. Like that yeah, verse yeah. is so good, um, but like it couldn't exist on its own. 
So this is almost totally. just like an infrastructure for that to shine, and it is doing exactly that. It's getting I mean, all I think the meek first is not kind that, of not that the like rest nearly is like equal, though. I think away. it's also like pretty fantastic, yeah. and I, I like that they're both of the way that their flow in this is like very like slow and methodical. Like they have a lot of points to make, and they hit those points. Yeah, and the music is similar. Like the music is not it's not a banger, but it's also right. not laid back. It just kind of very like. Like it just drives on and like gets yeah. to the point mm-hmm. relentlessly. I, I do get kind of like a content exhaustion from this song. That's fair. Like I, I maybe it's just working here. Like I, I picture like trying to write the headline <laughs> for a story about this song. I get like all all like the eight different things you'd have to fit into right. it. It's just like <laughs> oh my god. But uh, no, I mean I, I sort of agree with Lindsay. I, I think like it, it's it's a good conveyance for for, for the Jay Z verse, and and I, I do I do think that. It fits on the album in, in terms of of Meek's kind of overall narrative, and and it, it's 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 good content. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how much the song's really going to stick with me, but, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely like a lot of stuff to, to kind of latch onto here. So breaking news on the, uh, <laughs> on the must hear music taping, Ooh. uh, Jay-Z just tweeted. Oh, the, the line clearly meant don't pit me against my brothers. No matter what our differences are parentheses, red hat. Now go pick up Meek album, Drake and Meek on there together. Great. So Jay-Z confirmed. Cool. Uh, nice little plug. Right. First tweet that's, in that's a fine. year and a half. He Oh, he just sent a follow-up tweet saying, listen to the must-hear music <laughs> podcast discussion. That's what a Shout out Joe How Lynch. would he know that? Wow. wow. I'm a nice guy. He has ears uh, everywhere. So I have a question, like a history question, I guess mostly for Joe. Like, is is the animosity between Michael Jackson and Prince really that legendary? Like, I mean, I know um, that they were kind of rivals, and maybe like they they tried to collaborate a couple times, and it didn't go so well. But like, like to to, to put those as like the, the ultimate example of two greats being pitted against each other, it's like I don't really think of MJ and Prince that way. I think here here's what I would say. I think in the public mind, like no, those two were not at odds, but. What I've heard, like in terms of more like industry people and uh-huh. privately, is like, yeah, there actually was like a, a real, com- like, not like both, it was super competitive between them and with absolutely no warmth. Like, they were not super enamored with each other personally. Okay. Uh, so, so I think it's a fair enough comparison to and, make. And we had this, uh, this quick discussion in the morning meeting today. Uh, if, if they are MJ and Prince, who's who? Um, oh. That's a really good. I mean, oh, that's a. I think it's obvious that it's Kanye's Prince and and Jay Z is MJ. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I kind of thought the opposite. I thought the I opposite know. too. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting litmus test here. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what mm-hmm. tweet us? Yeah. Jay Z. Which one is Prince? Which one's MJ? And then in that you know estimation, uh, who's uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who else? George Michael, which <laughs> Rick Ross is yeah. George Rick Michael, Ross a fellow on that 80s note. pop titan. Drake is Whitney Houston, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Let's just listen to the song. Uh, so, yeah. So, so here it is. Uh, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Meek Mill. Song's called What's Free from the album Championships. What's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my niggas I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my niggas stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I want to be. Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet. Told my niggas I need you. Stay up, I know these times ain't true. Real life, what's free? In the land of the free with the blacks enslaved. 
I'm shocked we got through a discussion of Meek Mill without Jason talking about Philadelphia or the Sixers or I something. I want to also point yeah. out that Andrew is also from Philadelphia. That's true. I mean, and that's true. No, more but, but Philly than I am. I feel like you, you talk, well, at least I hear you talk about it more. Well, you sit closer to him in the office. <laughs> that's but true. I, I did have written down that uh, Rick Ross uh, does reference uh, Gamble and Huff, the legendary Philly Soul I love that song. line. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good, good line. line. And yeah. also, uh, Michael Rubin's a Philadelphia 76ers co owner gets a shout out for uh, his, uh, you know, he visited Meek in, in prison a number of times. Times, I think helped kind of integrate him into the the, the franchise. Meek he, he was a, a very high profile presence at a number of Sixers games last year, so uh, you know, nice, nice, uh, nice shout out to Michael Rubens there. Well, didn't again? I don't know how sports work, but didn't it, like, <laughs> like they used his music? Is there like? Coming out when to they the do the slam dunks, music? that's when they play the music. That's, that's, that was more of an when Eagles they, thing than a 76ers yeah. thing, but I'm, okay. sure, I'm sure they still played Meek yeah. Mill at the Sixers games pretty they regularly. Then, yeah, sure. Yeah, for the for the dunk music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dunk music. Yeah. for the dunk tunes. Okay. Yeah. Whenever, yeah. Whenever, yeah. Whenever whenever the pause on the court. up to do a dunk. <laughs> that's what they play. All right. Cool. Sports. I get it. I totally get it now. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do. We got a lot of high profile stuff this week. Uh, new Miley Cyrus and Mark yeah. Ronson. Yes. Jason, nothing breaks like a heart. Isn't Ugh. that so true, Joe? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, that uh, definitely a thing that people say in casual conversations. Like, yeah, man, you know, nothing, nothing breaks like a heart. Uh, I just breaks broke this like glass, but yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> break quite like a heart. Yeah. So, uh, Miley Cyrus, Mark Ronson, it seems like this is, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but it, it, it seems like this is more of a Mark Ronson featuring Miley Cyrus in anticipation of his next album. Yeah. Okay. Confirmed. So that is confirmed. Yeah. Um, which actually puts it in a pretty interesting position because the last time Mark Ronson had a lead single to a Mark Ronson album, it was one of the biggest hits of all time, Uptown Funk. Mm -hmm. So now there, obviously there was a lot of hype around. You know, Miley Cyrus has been uh, kind of quiet since uh, younger now, which which feels like a long time ago at this point. But it was only like 14 months ago. Yeah, more like younger than am I right? Wow. <laughs> Too true. Uh, nothing breaks like a heart uh, comes out. And I think it's fantastic. I think mm -hmm. that this song is is just a uh, a perfectly constructed country pop song. And I kind of wish that we had gotten a little bit more of this effortlessness on younger now like it, it seemed yeah. like that was almost straining to break away from the bangers era for miley and create this new persona where this just sounds you know obviously this even more so than than some of the songs on younger now leans into the the country music um kind of melodies and and arrangement more but it just it feels more natural like it feels like everybody here is really comfortable um, I love the production on this. Like the there are strings and there's yeah. like a really nice uh, bass groove and mm -hmm. yeah. I mean I don't I don't know if it's like a I I don't think it'll necessarily it it de it definitely won't be an uptown funk in terms of you know inescapability. Mm -hmm. But I think that this could be a hit and yeah. I was I was a little bit surprised about how much I like this song. Yeah, we've been talking about 2019 predictions a lot around here. One for myself. I think I will be a huge fan of country disco. Wow. Like, you mean like High Horse, Casey Musgraves? I mean, yeah. Like, that's still an album that I somehow have not really dove into yet. What? Um, I know. I know. I know. How, that's I'm crazy. You can't it's so say that good. In front of, you do work I'm here, sorry. right? Like, you can't say that in front of Joe. I know. You just can't. You just jumped across the table. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even love that album, but I'm, I'm surprised. For those too. listening to the podcast, Joe is like stomping around <laughs> right now. And... Um, no, but I mean, this song is so fun and like very Dolly esque um, mm -hmm. in a way that works well. Salvador, yeah, totally. Yeah. One of the th so the reason I know that it's off of 
the reason I know it's off of um, a Mark Ronson album, the like iTunes bio for this song was just insanely revealing in a way that I haven't seen in a really? long time. <laughs> like weird. it pointed out, I read it last night and I sent a screenshot to Rebecca because um, there's like a lot of good information in there. Um, but one of the things that I found really interesting actually, so they had worked on this song before the fires in California and really tragically Miley lost her home and she sings of a burning house so well I so know. she wrote that before she wrote that before um in the context of like a relationship like the walls are burning down of mm-hmm. this relationship um and so now I was saying how it has like an even more profound Added resonance yeah. yeah exactly which is I think just an f- interesting fact to point out but overall absolutely love the song the music video is fun um I think it. I didn't, even, I didn't see the music video. I didn't know there was yeah, one. What? This was my. Oh yeah, night. you got to check out the music video. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it works really well. Yeah, I, I still haven't totally recovered from like the Folktronica moment four or five years ago, like the like the like <laughs> the sorry. you know the Vici wake me up and like Timber and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. like I, I still kind of like like I keep just getting like this like the the tingling of that is a very unpleasant experience for me. Oof. But th- this one, I actually I actually like the song more than I expected for that reason because like the the integration of the electronic and and the folky uh, influences are is, is a little bit more seamless than I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's sort of what Mark Ronson's good at in general is kind of stitching together different genres and yeah. make, you know making it sound like it's, it's very clear what he's calling back to but it doesn't feel forced and and uh so in that sense it's a good partnership and yeah i, I think the song's pretty good it, it's not it's not like a knockout to me but it's like a good first taste it makes me want to hear more of what's to come yeah yeah no i really like it. i think jason you were you were right to uh point out the uh i think it, it works so nicely for miley because you know, she she comes from a country background. Like that's basically what she grew up with. And even if that's not what we primarily identify her with, genre wise, like it's certainly a comfortable wheelhouse for her. Yeah. And this, like the arrangement and her singing style on this, is super country. Not really contemporary, but more maybe like seventies, eighties style. Um, but the music, Mark Ronson, is such a like consummate crate digger. Like there's just like so much like different things going on. Like the strings sound like they're out of like a 1950s like vocal pop album uh the shuffling like kind of jazzy beat sounds like something that would have been maybe from the 60s on you know kind of a country soul record when they you know would sometimes have little dalliances with jazz rhythms <laughs> uh there's just soul like, with jazz dalliances all yeah right. well there was there was a lot of like like country like r&b kind of like bleed over in the 60s sure. maybe not a lot but some of that anyways uh and you know mark ronson is just one of those like you know he I, I don't know personally, but I'm assuming he just has like more records in his possession yeah. than he's ever even listened to. Uh, and it wasn't one of his albums like literally called Record Collection. It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, and no, and this just like it, you know betrays the fact that he has deep music history uh, appreciation, and uh, I think he's put mildly in a very comfortable territory, but it also still sounds modern and interesting. So mm-hmm. I like it. I'm into it. Yeah. Nothing breaks like a heart. Let's listen to it. So it's Miley and Mark Ronson, and it is called Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, and here it is. Heard you on the phone last night, we live and die by pretty lies, you know it, we both know it. These silver bullet cigarettes, this burning house, there's nothing left, it's smoking, we both know it. We got all that to fall in love, but just like that we fall apart, we're broken. All right, that was New Miley and Mark. Uh, and next and last, we've got 
Lindsay's pick, nothing oh, personal. Yeah. Uh, but you just chose the or no, wait, we actually have two left. So oh. you don't you are the penultimate pick. Uh Billie Eilish, come out and play. Yes. So that's your pick. So why, why don't you uh t- t- tell yeah, us about let me tell you guys about the Billster. Um so this was released. I believe to soundtrack an Apple ad slash mini film slash commercial. Um, sure. Something we've <laughs> something we've talked about recently is how like ads as music videos might be coming back in fashion. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, it's just done a little more cleverly in the way that it's a heartwarming short film to watch instead of being like fed like buy our sure. products. What happens in it? What's what's so heartwarming about it's it? It's very adorable. Um it's animated, I should say, so I'm obviously biased, but um it's all about I think the title is share your gifts, but not like your like not something you purchase for someone and give it to them, but like your gifts as a person. Aww, it's very, very nice. cute. Um I recommend everybody watch it. But also it. like wouldn't you rather have a present? No. <laughs> share yeah. gifts. The presence of someone's gift is Ooh. the present. That's so deep. Ponder that. Um, but so the song, um, it's yet again like another lane that Billy's going down, more acoustic, but yet still with this really hard-hitting bass at the beginning. And I, the thing I find most fascinating is that for someone as new as Billy, we're not having to wait for her to show different sides of herself as an artist. She's just doing it constantly with every new song that she's putting out, which is at a pretty frequent pace. Um, and I think that kind of links back to what Ariana said recently on Twitter, where she doesn't want there to be eras anymore. I feel like Billy might be the first artist to come along who, from the start, like there's never going to be an era of Billy, right? Because she's constantly giving us. She can rap. She can play the ukulele. She can do like she plays the ukulele. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oof. Um, she can do trap music. She can do an acoustic song. Like she's all over the place. But it, at least in my opinion, it works all the time in her favor she has three songs on the hot 100 right now and they all sound pretty different so that is the main reason i chose this it's just like one more in the canon of all the things that she can do yeah i mean uh, you all think know how that i've, I've long predicted big things for for miss eilish and I, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan and I, you know we talk a lot about uh kind of what, what alternative means in 2018 and it means a lot of different things and it also kind of means nothing uh but i think in, the, in like the best case scenario it means someone like billy eilish who just doesn't really fit anywhere specifically and and does so many different things where she doesn't really sound like anybody else but she always sounds like herself mm-hmm. uh and the, i think the only other act that's kind of doing that right now to such an extent is, is the one we just talked about in the 1975 and and i think the, the, way to bring it closer oh, I'm, I'm just saying let's talk about the 1975 it, a little bit that's more. a reason why uh both the 1975 and billy eilish are are kind of reaching the levels of success that they are is because they they do feel so distinctly themselves uh and and they, they're constantly changing they're constantly doing new and interesting things uh, and and it doesn't feel self conscious in terms of the experimentation. It, it's it just you know it just feels like like Billie Eilish. She's a really good songwriter. Her voice is a really interesting texture. Uh, she uh, she's a, she's a good producer and she works with good producers. Like it, every song of hers has these kind of like little distinct moments that just you know make you pause and and and, and she, she, to be on such an advanced level at such a young age, you know, it's, it's almost not worth harping on at this point because she's already done it for a year and a half, two years. Yeah. But it's still just just mind blowingly impressive. And I think I think the sky's the absolute limit for her. Yeah. I, I agree. The one the one thing I'll add is that, you know, I, I think all of all of these songs like this one and You Should See Me in a Crown and I love like mm-hmm. my favorites Ocean Eyes, but I'm really excited. I feel like I, I agree that like she keeps going up and up and up. I, I feel like she's going to release her version of a of a big pop song at some point in the next twelve months. So I, do you do you have like 
a song in mind? Like, like is this going to be like her royals? Or like, like what, what song would you say she's going to get to? her closer? Is she going to do a Chainsmokers oh. collab? I mean, I actually kind of was thinking okay, of Halsey. Like, I, yeah. I think that um, the way Halsey has kind of streamlined her sound and, and kind of, you know, uh, trimmed off some of some of the edges and, and gotten into this place where, like, anything she releases is, is radio fodder. I, I don't know if that is exactly what Billie Eilish is going to do, but I do think that she is headed toward this place where she's going to release, like, a big song. And, again, I'm just excited for that because I think you have, like, all of these songs, like, uh, they feel like um, almost like being on the runway and she's about to take off. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. That, that Who doesn't it? love being on a runway? <laughs> My favorite parts of being on a plane. Taxiing, she's taxiing. She's a delight. Line, you know? um, not to play total devil's advocate, but I'm I'm a very, very big Billy fan, and I've seen her live a couple times, spoken with her a few times this year. So I, actually, I cannot see her doing something that seems obvious in any way. Um, like one of the things that's most interesting, and this is derailing the conversation for a minute, but she wears different perfumes when she's around different people. Because she doesn't want anyone to associate her with like, or she likes certain people to associate her with one scent, but she doesn't want to be known. <laughs> she doesn't want to be known like universally by one scent. It's, no, it's you really, really only, You guys have only gotten my professional scent. Yeah, see, I don't oh, know your uh, your business uh, casual Nutley Jason scent. scent is, I'm sure. Nutley, Nutley Jason yeah. scent. <laughs> um, you know? But just like that's how intricately her mind works about things mm-hmm. that I, I can't see her wanting to do something that like I said has been done like working with the chain smokers or working with someone that people are like waiting for her how to many, do how many times do you think the chain smokers have called Billie Eilish every day oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she definitely has their number blocked at this point they to go, like, they're, they're calling on their friends phones like I, yeah. yeah I think I think I'm on Jason's side I feel like I'm not saying it's the chain smokers but like yeah. I feel like something like that's gonna well, come it could, it could be the sort of thing where she works with a chain smokers type once, and then the label's like, "Okay, great, do twelve more of those." And she's like, "No, I want to do like a country IDM album now." Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I I feel like we've you know sung her praises to the heavens. Mm-hmm. So to, to not belabor that, I will say something negative. What? Although no, the song is the song is great. Like it's cool. It's a good acoustic song. I love the vibrating ambient textures. Like at the mm-hmm. end of it. Um, I will say, and again, you know, she's only 16, but lyrical demerits, it opens with two cliches. She's, you know, the first lines are wake up and smell the coffee and then something about is the glass half full or half empty. It's like, you know, like. Cruel Taskmaster (laughs) Joe Lynch just handing out those demerits. Right, exactly. But, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm on the same, I mean, I feel comfortable saying that only because we've just, you know, like said she's the second coming of Christ for five minutes here. (laughs) Um, But anyways, let's listen to our our Lord and Savior, Billie (laughs) Eilish. Uh, The new song is called Come Out and Play. Wake up and smell the coffee. Is your cup half full or empty? When we talk, you say it softly. But I love it when you're awfully quiet. Wow, I can't believe listening to that snippet. I can't believe Come Out and Play was an, an offspring cover after oh, all. Oh, yeah. It's Whoa, that's so there, but, strange. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Title jail for Billie Eilish. Oh, man. Uh, yes. 
I forgot. I love EW used to do this great thing, Entertainment Weekly, oh, uh, where they would like. <laughs> well, uh, people listening to the podcast probably don't That's think right. EW, EW folded in the early '90s. Nobody's heard from it since. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't who aren't in the industry. I you just meant like don't, you. No, don't, whatever. Don't defend your <laughs> so acronym. Glad you Go on. Anyways, uh, used to do this. Maybe they still do. Actually, this great feature where they would take like if a new song came out that was called like "Come Out and Play," then they would like review it as opposed to like the old song with that title. Um, it was a very mm. fun feature. I oh, loved that. But I would really respect this if, if this song was titled Come Out and Play, parentheses, keep, keep them separated, separated. Yeah. and still had absolutely nothing to do with the Osprey yeah. song. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be big merits. That would be two merits to <laughs> cancel out the two out demerits. Right, that's good. Uh, anyway, so next and last, uh, we have another Andrew pick. It's called Playboy Style. It comes to us from Clean Bandit featuring Charlie XCX and Bad Baby. Not exactly the heavy hitter, <laughs> no, you know, that, super team. that Jay-Z, Meek Mill, and Rick Ross was. But a big three so, by their own, right? Names. Yeah. They are three names. Uh, yeah, Clean Bandit, uh, very hit or miss for me the last couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they came out with uh, Rather Be about four years ago. Which is such a masterpiece. Uh, absolute perfect song. Couldn't ask for a better one. Uh, launched Jess Glynn's career, at least uh, at least in this country. Uh, but since then, it's been a lot of kind of working with vocalists who I, I don't really think are that impressive or noteworthy. A lot of Anne Marie types. I'd say no, no shade to Anne Marie. Maybe maybe like a tiny bit of shade to Anne Marie. Uh, but you know they, they've been they've been working their way back a little bit recently. I thought uh, solo with with Demi Lovato was was pretty strong. I actually I actually thought that song was going to be a bigger yes. hit than it was. Yeah, I was surprised uh, it wasn't bigger. And and obviously working with Charlie X, if you're looking for a singer to kind of put her stamp and like really reflect some personality and some interesting songwriting on a song, she's she's as good a, a modern pop star as you could choose for that. Uh, and you know it's it's a it's a fun kind of like faux reggae bounce. It's it's you know Charlie sounds like she's having fun with it. Uh, the lyric "crying on the marble" where we used to fuck till dawn is one of the weirdest lyrics I've ever heard in a pop song because who Wait, fucks till dawn on marble? Crying on the marble on what? the marble. All right. We used to fuck till dawn, so that that's huh. that's uh, good. That, I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's where she puts in her marathons, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, interesting. Interesting is that the 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 line before that is every night at three a.m. I'm banging on your door, crying on the marble where we used to fuck till dawn. It's like the, the geography marble. of that is kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Interesting. Well, uh, I don't know. I like to go to sleep at some point. Like, yeah, <laughs> it contains multitudes of the Charlie XX lyrics, and uh, but not, not to not to forget about Bad Baby, who continues to prove that you know she, she's she's got some bars. You know, she, for for a uh, yeah, she's what good. a fifteen year old former viral sensation, she <laughs> actually can really rap good. a little bit. Yeah. So oh man, when when she raps, gotta treat me like a lady, but I'm still a bad baby. <laughs> uh, I was so happy. Oh, okay, this yes. is not like a lyrical gem, but I will <laughs> yeah. say like flow wise, like I was I think. She's sort of the I don't want to say standout on this song, but like she wins the, the song. No, uh, you can yeah, totally like, honestly, I totally think she wins I think the she song. is. I think I of this too. song, like the, okay. my main takeaway, as someone who ha- probably hasn't really <laughs> given Bad Baby the time of day, I'm like, yeah, actually, she's pretty good. She's got a good flow. I mean, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm not signing up. I'm not joining the fan club just yet. Mm. Um, <laughs> but like, it's good. I mean, the song itself, I'm not wild about. Mm. Like the reggae vibe in the chorus is a little lame. The Destiny's Child kind of rip off acoustic guitar is like fine. It's, it's a fine song. Yeah, it's not, it's not a classic certainly, but it's it's a it's a, it's a winner I think. Yeah, eh, it's, it's it's fun okay. and quirky and <laughs> I like, I'm, a, I'm a bigger need? Clean Bandit fan than than you. Uh, I, I think mm. they they most like most of their hits are actually like very strong. I yeah. love. Uh, not, not a fan of that rock of I. Yeah, I mean, nah. well, whatever. But I love it's Sean undeniable Paul. at the same time. It, it yeah, is undeniable. Symphony is pretty it's, good. It's in my head all the time, even I if I'm not. I love Solo. Yeah. I love Dis- Disconnect, which wasn't a hit, but with Marina. 
uh, that song is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just fascinating when we were doing a beat opener on them. We were getting all this chart information and their sales information. And th- I think they're just more massive than anyone realizes certainly in the UK they're they're enormous Uh, here it seems like one of those things where like every three years they'll have exactly one top ten hit and then they'll disappear for another three years but the the hit like stays that's the thing Um, like their songs definitely have staying power maybe not this one as much but (laughs) (laughs) overall yeah we'll see how long has it been since the last one like a year and a half might have to might have to hold that a little bit longer on this one yeah yeah, but uh, but yeah, and then yeah, the album is is sort of interesting because uh, as I learned in the wonderful beat opener we Thanks did in Billboard reading. magazine, yeah. uh, it has like features on every track, mm-hmm. but, but at the same time they're like this is the most individualistic we've ever been on an album. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think um, are you laughing at? Something I'm laughing at is sure. <laughs> but whatever you say, whatever sure, you say, Queen yeah. Bandit. Um, yeah, there was at least one feature on every track. I think there's usually two or more. Um, but it seems like their next album they would like to do is just a trio. Uh, the, the singer-songwriter Clean Bandit album? Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. what we're right. Can't wait. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weepy strummers, I bet. <laughs> weepy strummers. Weep, that is the takeaway from this podcast. Weepy it. strummers. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, all right, well, let's listen to it. It's uh, Playboy Style, Clean Bandit, featuring Charlie XCX and Bad Baby. Undercover, kept it on the low Said that you meant nothing but my feelings really grew Not the iron cat you, but I met you when insane Uh, uh Didn't need forever, but I needed just a call Every night at 3am I'm banging on your door Crying on the marble where we used to fuck till dawn Uh, uh All right, that was uh, New Bandit, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's all we got Clean for this bandit, one. Clean Bandit, Joe. Clean Bandit. New, yeah, I, I, we're on a first name basis. <laughs> second, surname basis, whatever. I don't know. What a show. Yeah. What a show. Yeah, well, we're, you know, it's uh, we're approaching the uh, the end of the year, so pretty soon we're going to be looking at best of our Best of 2018 uh, roundup, as well as our Best Xmas Music of 2018 roundup. We, we didn't record a must-hear music episode on uh, the th- over the Thanksgiving holiday, but obviously the the hour-long Rita Ora Phoenix <laughs> uh, dissertation is, is coming. I think we can all agree that. I, I think we got saved, but yeah, <laughs> saved by the holiday <laughs> yeah. from that. Oh, no. A gift to us all. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, thank you for listening, one and all. Uh, and, you know, tweet us any recommendations you have or, you know, as we get towards the end of the year, like what your favorites have been. And thank you, uh, Andrew, Lindsay, and Jason, as always. Wow. Always, always an honor. And uh, we will catch y'all next week. Bye, Whoa. guys. <laughs> planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.